Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Gregory will continue in this new series called We Church, and we pray that it's a blessing to you. We're going to pick up with part two of We Church on today. Now, the church is not a iPhone. How many know we cannot live without our cell phones today? Raise your hand if that's an accurate statement. Okay, see, see. Raise your hand if, you, if that phone is attached to your hand. Raise your hand. How many of y'all sleep with it right by your bed? And I'm talking about within arm's reach too. So if it blink, if it ding. So the church is not an iPhone. It's not fully customizable with your preferences. How many of you know we set our iPhones up and our whatever our smartphones are, we set them up to our personal preferences. And folks, if we're not careful, how many of y'all know life has become about our personal preferences? Right? And so it's not the I church or the E church, right? The church is a group of people, lots and lots who come together to know and worship Jesus, just like we did today. It's not an I church, it's not an E church, but it's a we church. And that's what we see in the book of Acts as it introduces us to the first church plant ever. As we look at it and been looking at it, they're a community of believers doing life together. So if it's an I church and an E church, then it's all about me and my preferences. But if it's a we church, then it's about Christ and his preferences. I have a short video. I know everyone doesn't come to church every week. Everyone doesn't watch online. I think the video is so appropriate for the context of this message. And so media department, if you would, show the bumper video. You all please draw your attention. Tired of having to wake up, get dressed, and drive across town just to attend your favorite service? Introducing Virtual Reality Church. Start by choosing a church building that meets your needs. Tired of the stress of having to choose a Sunday morning outfit? Never make a fashion mistake again because Virtual Reality Church will style you based on your denomination. Not a people person? Select the introvert experience to completely eliminate the welcome team, meet and greet time, connect cards, and that awkward hold hands with the person next to you thing we still do. Next, personalize your morning by choosing the worship experience that you want. Feeling a touch of white guilt? Add a minority worship leader. Custom options even let you tailor the skinniness of your worship leader's jeans. Finally, no more having to endure songs that you don't like. With Virtual Reality Church, you're in charge. For the sermon, choose the amount of conviction you'd like and we'll select a pastor for you. We'll even let you tailor your sermon topics so you'll never have to attend a Vision Sunday or a sermon series on giving. And never worry again about dozing off during the sermon. With Virtual Reality Church, you can sleep as long as you want. Kids being bad in nursery? Who cares? Worried about missing a football game? Enter your favorite team and we'll provide notifications when the game is starting. Never miss a kickoff again. Want to go forward for prayer? Well, if you selected a Pentecostal service, always stand in front of a mattress. Even connect your social media accounts and we'll post for you. Get credit for being super spiritual all from the comfort of your couch. Finally, an option for people asking the question, how can I make Sunday morning even more about me? Virtual Reality Church, the future of church attendance. How many of y'all know we have to be careful? I believe that was Satan's primary goal of everything that we've experienced for the last two years. 
is to make it about us and not about God. To change church the way we want to do it instead of the way he wants us to do it. To get us isolated in our homes, away from each other, because I mean, I know it's much easier to pick you off one by one than it is in groups. We have to fight against the direction that the world is trying to take the church in. So now, we're going to look at the first church plant ever. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. It says, every believer was faithfully devoted, every single one was, to following the teachings of the apostles, so they were faithfully devoted to the word of God. We define what faithfully devoted means. They were committed, they were loyal, they kept their word. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, not to a building, but to one another. Sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. Saturday morning prayer was a priority for this group of people. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. A lot of times, again, we want the many miracles, signs, and wonders without the devoted fellowship or the devotion to the word of God, to fellowship, and to prayer. I mean, no, you're not going to get miracles without prayer. Verse 44 says, all the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together, I love that, with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with the praises to God, enjoying the favor of all people. They were continually filled with praises to God. They were continually filled with praises to God. They didn't need a choir to stoke them. Come on, somebody. They didn't need a pastor to push the right button. They were continually filled with the praises of God, kind of like this group right now, just continually filled with the praises of God. I mean, if you give this group an opportunity to open their mouth and say glory to God, hallelujah, they will not let that opportunity pass by because their mouths are continually filled with the praises of God. People who are appreciative and thankful for all that God has done for them, people who are thankful to be in church, whether they're in a hospital, on a ventilator somewhere, come on somebody, their mouths are continually filled with the praises of God. Somebody ought to take a few moments right now and just give God some thanksgiving and praise for how good he has been to you. This church was continually filled with the praises of God, and they enjoyed the favor of all the people. And what I love here is the Lord kept adding to the number daily, not just on Sunday. I mean, God wants to save people daily, but his people have to work daily in order for him to save daily. Daily, those that were coming to life were those that were being saved. Last week, we talked about we gather around God's word. Let's pick up today with we do life together. We do life together. 
Christianity is not a church service. See, a lot of times people think because I'm a Christian, this is what they say, I went to church today. How many know going to church doesn't make you a Christian? But a lot of times that's our association with being a Christian is going to church. But it's so much more than that. It's really a lifestyle, folks. It's really church is where we come to get the information to go out and impact the world and each other. Let's look at Acts 2, 42, and, uh, and then 44 through 46. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation only just to save time. So I won't read the NIV. I'm only going to read out of the New Living Translation, even though you have both of those in your outline. I'll only read the New Living Translation. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, And all the believers, how many believers are in this building? So, so what's left after all? So if I'm a believer, then I should be doing something beyond just coming to church. I need a little better amen than that in here today. So all the believers did something more than went to church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching or the word of God. They had a devotion to that, right? That devotion there is commitment. They were loyal to it. They gave their word to what they signed up for, and they stuck with it kind of like our nurses today. Let's thank God for all of our first-line responders, nurses. Come on, you all can do better than that. Come on, they, they, put on the, they put the gear on every day, and they go in there, and they fight for souls and lives. You know why they do that? Because they're devoted to it. When they signed up for that, they decided to keep their word. If the church could be just as devoted as the world, we'd be all right. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I love that. But watch this. They were also devoted to fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. So they were as committed and loyal to each other as they were to the word of God. And to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. We'll talk about all of that before we get done. All the believers met together in one place and they shared everything that they had. I guess we could eradicate poverty and lack if we were together. We would actually know what's going on in each other's lives to help each other out. So oftentimes we run into each other out there and people are telling us their story and none of us ever knew about it. Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions, shared the money with those in need. Notice they didn't sell their personal house. How I many of these were blessed people? If you have multiple houses and cars and possessions, you don't need all of that. I mean, it's okay to give away or sell something to help somebody else out. we're talking about to the people who can live this way and do this verse 46 they worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes for the lord's supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity so the church is not a building or a place but it's a fellowship it's really a place where people get this opportunity to do life together the word for fellowship in verse 42 
is the Greek word koinia, and it most commonly means fellowship, communion, participation, and sharing. You really get to see what that looks like in verses 45 and 46. Those people were willing to sell property, possessions, to help each other out. They're spending time together daily, eating, praying, and worshiping together. Folks, I've been in ministry full-time. It'll be 27 years next month. A church experience, as I've witnessed it over those 27 years, we come to a building on Sunday and don't have nothing to do with each other. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'll see you next Sunday. How many of y'all would agree with that if you've been in church for a little while, right? We've been missing a huge component of really getting together when we leave church. So important to our overall health as a community of believers. At the core of Christian community is costly love. The challenge with most of us folks is that to spend time with people, it's going to cost us something going to cost us endurance to deal with each other's personalities. It's going to cost us forbearance because we all have idiosyncrasies. I need a little better amen in here. It's going to cost us time, inconvenience. Sometimes we need to treat when we go out to eat because they're not in a position to. Sometimes they need to treat us also. Sometimes giving when you don't have is the greatest blessing you can do for yourself. So at the core of Christian community is costly love. How I many know it costs Jesus something to love us? I'm working on something right now. I said, how many of y'all know it costs Jesus something to love us? He didn't love us out of convenience. All he's asking us to do is be willing to treat each other the way he treated us. Let's look at some scriptures that support that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let's read verses 9 through 11 from the Message Bible. The Message Bible reads this way, God didn't set us up for an angry rejection, but for salvation by our master, Jesus Christ. He died for us, a death that triggered life. See, a lot of times when I'm sacrificing for someone else, my sacrifice is producing life in them. Whether we're awake or with the living or asleep with the dead, we are alive with him. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope as you all, as you all are, as you'll all be together in this. I love this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this, just keep on doing it. See, no one left out, no one left behind is how we should be towards each other. About a month ago, we went on a bike ride. It was probably about 13 of us, and we went, I can't remember, to a barbecue place out in, I don't know where we were. Uh, Just get on 575 and just keep going until it ends. And on the ride back, one of the bikers, David, pulled over to the side, right? Something happened. None of us knew what happened. 
So, of course, you know, because we're together, somebody saw that. We pull over at a gas station a little further down, but David calls ahead and he says, you all just go ahead. And I said to Sean, because I'm affiliated, I said to Sean, I said, hey, man, we don't leave nobody behind. We all rode to the barbecue place together, and we're all riding back together. Come on, somebody. And so we waited at that gas station until he caught back up with us. Now, how many of you know, I know that meant the world to him that we didn't just say, he'll be okay, let's just keep going. Folks, we've got to have that heart attitude towards each other that we don't leave each other behind. Come on, when somebody falls off, we go back and we get them or we wait until they catch up and we do whatever is necessary to help them get back in the race. And I said to that group, that will be a characteristic of this Ride Connected group is that we leave no one behind. Somebody bikes break, breaks down, we stay there until the situation is resolved. All of us. Come on, I need a little better amen in this place today. That's doing life together. Hebrews 10.25 says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. Why? Because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge, and, uh, urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. The day that's dawning is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, if you turn on the news today and you cannot recognize that Jesus is coming back soon, you are not paying attention. There are wars. There are rumors of wars. Ethnos against ethnos. Racial tension is at an all-time high. Pestilence, sickness, and disease is at an all-time high. Folks, the closer we get to that day, we should be coming together more and more urging each other and encouraging each other. This is not the time to fall off. This is not the time to stop praying. This is not the time to, to go out looking for somebody else. This is not the time to, to leave your family. This is not the time. But the time is for us to come together more frequently. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 says, two people are better off than one. I know that in a marriage. I'm better because of my wife. I don't get here without my wife. Everything good I have is because she's helped me get it. Hello, somebody. Two are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep, keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Reminds me of how I grew up, right? If you grew up in Detroit, Michigan, you don't go to the store by yourself. Your mother or grandmother would always say, right, Go to the store with that boy. Don't send that boy to the store by himself. Why? Because there were people out there, right? And depending on day or night, 
determined the amount of people that were sent. Daytime, two people could go. Nighttime, she was sent all my uncles, cousins. We'd have to go, we'd have to go nine deep just to go to the store. Eight stand outside the store, one go in the store, get what you need, and we all walk back together. And sometimes, even with nine, it was a dust up before we got back to the house. Anybody know what dust up means? Do I need to explain that even further? The dust star flying. Somebody was always waiting. Watch this. Three are even better. And a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now, how many of y'all braid hair out there? How many of you braid it in two strands? It's not as strong, is it? But if you braid it with three strands, that's a braid, right? How long will the two strands last? Not long at all. Almost asking the question a couple of days later, didn't I just braid your hair? Three days, though, how long? Three strands, how long will that braid last? Weeks. So if you all understand what he's saying here, me by myself, I can get defeated. But two, we can stand back to back and conquer. But give me three. Walk up to us if you want to. Come on, somebody, walk. Come on. You better pray about whether or not you want to go over there and deal with the three of them. So like in a ministry context, I have a three-fold strand here, Johnny Walker and my wife. Business, my wife, these are, that's my three-fold cord right here in ministry. I feel so safe and secure because I know these two aren't getting ready to let anything happen to me. How many of y'all know it's easy for me to go far when I know people have my back? I need a little better amen in that in here. These two have proved that, lived that, and walked that out in front of me. I waited over five years to just watch him just to see where he was at. How many know everybody will come in and tell you, I got your back? But I've learned not to listen to that over the years. I watch what people do. I don't listen to what they say. Albert Barnes' commentary, I love what he said about this. He said there that two really by definition is defined as anyone that's associated or connected with other people. Isn't that good? Connected. I thought Albert Barnes was a member of our church. <laughs> Comparing a saying from the Tomod, notice what it says here. A man without companions is like the left hand without the right hand. Try living your whole life without one of your hands. And you'll see how important that other hand is so the point here folks is we need each other so look at one more first john chapter one verses six and seven says so if we say we are partakers i'm reading out of the amplified classic if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with him how many of y'all enjoy fellowship with god how many of y'all really enjoy that now i want you to really hear what this text is saying if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with him, him being God, and we live and move and are walking about in darkness, we are both speaking falsely and do not practice the truth. 
Now, watch what the scripture, the context here defines as walking in darkness. Now, remember, we said we love fellowship with him. But he said if we don't practice something, then we're actually walking in darkness. Let's see what that is. Practice the truth which the gospel presents. Verse 7, if we really are living and walking in the light, the light of the word of God, as he, God himself, is the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. Notice unbroken. This is something I want to continue to build on in this portion of the message. You know what breaks our fellowship with each other? Stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the word of God. What he said. What she said. I can't believe they did that to me. Who was chose for a position versus who wasn't chose for a position? No amens right now. We have true unbroken fellowship with one another. And then watch this. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, removes us from all sin and guilt, and keeps us cleansed from sin in all forms and manifestations. Notice it's interesting that that blood continues to work as we fellowship with each other. You know why? Because if we're true fellowship, we're helping each other. We're building each other up. We're identifying areas that are strengths and weaknesses, and we're praying for each other, and we're helping each other grow. We're not judging each other. I'm believing God for a day that when people sign up to join a church, it becomes their spiritual family. And just like we don't leave our natural families, we shouldn't. We don't leave our spiritual families. Right? And it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, it's going to be stuff to work through and fight through. There are no perfect marriages. You better count the cost before you get married. See, I'm being ready to come down on the floor. Now, if you all don't help me, we'll be here longer than we need to. You better count the cost before you have kids. Because there is a cost. You can't just go where you want to go anymore. When you want to go. Stay as long as you want to stay. Come on, somebody. No, you got to check in. Call somebody. Let them know where you're at. What time you got there. What time you plan on being home. Hello. Have kids if you want to. You can't just get up, go to the gym. You got to get up. Think about what am I going to do with these kids. How many of y'all know families fight? How many of y'all know marriages fight? How many of y'all know kids do stuff? How many of y'all know parents do stuff? But we stick it out. Can I just be honest? How many of all of us at one time or another felt like quitting? See all the... I'm going to read a text in a moment, and you might fall out right in your seat. You better tell the truth right now. How many of y'all at one point or another? I'm about marriage, kids. You know what? You know what? Church, pastoring. A few Sundays, I woke up and didn't want to show up. I'm like, I want to be like the people. Let me stay home and put, a, put my virtual glasses on. Come on, somebody. Let me take a whole two years off. 
Sometimes I feel like that. But we stick it out. See, we got to be spiritual tougher than what, spiritually tougher than what we are. There's an even deeper component to this. The root of the Greek word for fellowship, koinia, is koinos. Listen to this. Which means common or profane or impure. I'll explain all of this in a moment. Although there is something rich and meaningful, meaningful and loving about church fellowship, it can also become something almost profane and impure. Messy. I heard somebody say there's no hurt like church hurt. This is the model church, folks, right? What we just read is like the perfect church. How I many know because it has people in it, it's not perfect? So even though they started off perfect, the more it grew, the more imperfect it became. So even though this is the model church, let's look at some of the people who were probably among them worshiping and praising God. Let's start off with Ananias and Sapphira. Acts chapter 5, let's read verses 1 through 11. Now, they were with the group in chapter 4 and chapter 2, right, doing all the right stuff, but something happened. Now, a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira likewise sold their farm. Remember, they were all selling their stuff and giving it to people as they had need. They conspired to secretly keep back for themselves a portion of the proceeds. So when Ananias brought the money to the apostles, it was only a portion of the entire sale. God revealed their secret to Peter, and he said to them, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart and make you think you could lie to the Holy Spirit? You only pretended to give it all, yet you hid back part of the proceeds from the sale of your property to keep for yourself. Before you sold it, Ananias, was it not your own to sell or to keep? And after you sold it, wasn't the money entirely at your disposal? How could you plot such a thing in your heart? You haven't lied to the people, you've lied to God. The moment Ananias heard those words, he fell over dead. Everyone was terrified when they heard what had happened. How many of y'all want the Holy Spirit turned up in this place? How many of y'all want the Holy Ghost turned up in this place? I don't know if we want it turned up like that. Let me ask that question again. How many of y'all ever felt, don't lie in here, you just saw what happened. You'll, you'll fall over right there in that chair. If, if he turned it up like that, you'll fall over. How many of y'all ever felt like quitting on your family? You're married. See all them hands looking look around the room now. They're like. Now I won't ask the other questions. How many of y'all keep back part of your tithe? I won't ask those questions. Don't read, don't do that. Don't do that. He's so honest. Everybody stretch your hands over here to us. He like, look, I, I'd rather be honest and live than lie and die. Come on, son. <laughs> right? And, and so we see the power of the Holy Spirit turned up in this place. Let's keep reading here. Some young men came and removed the body and buried him. Three hours later, his wife came into the room. Verse 7. 
with no clue of what had happened to her husband. Peter said to her, tell me where the two of you paid this amount for the sale of your land. I used to ask myself, now isn't Peter lying right there? Peter already know what they did, but I need to stay out of that. How many of you know that? Just stay out of that. He's just asking a question. Peter said to her, tell me where the two of you paid this amount for the sale of your land. Sapphira said, yes, that's how much it was. Peter told her, why have you agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Here the footsteps of those who buried your husband are at the door. They're coming here to bury you too. At that moment, she dropped dead at Peter's feet. When the young man came in, she was already dead. So they carried her out and buried her next to her husband. The entire church was seized with a powerful sense of the fear of God. I guess so. I'd be, I tell you what, I'd be like, hey, what do I need to do to be right? Folks falling out dead in this place, right? How many of y'all want the power of the Holy Spirit turned up in church? Two hands, one up. I said, how many of y'all want the power of the Holy Spirit turned up in this place? See, when you get people, here's the thing. When you get people devoted and committed, there's less tolerance for foolishness. So even though you get more miracle signs and wonders, you also get quicker judgment. But it helps people live right. Now, I got a few more questions why the spirit is hiding here. And I know, I know nobody's going to lie in this kind of environment right here. Let her be. Let's look at complaining and discontent. So this wonderful group of people got, that has people that lie in it. Folks, people lie. Cut them a break. All right, it's stronger here. How many of y'all have ever lied? Oh, man, I'm coming up there. I said, I'm asking a question right now. Watch, scoot over, scoot over. Scoot over two seats. How many of y'all have ever lied? Raise your hand, it's okay. How many of y'all have ever lied? How many of y'all have lied recently? So before we judge Ananias and Sapphira, let's work on ourselves. Come on, I need a little better amen in that. Before we start saying, oh, look at them, let's work on ourselves. Complaining and discontent. How many you know people complain in church about everything? So the very next chapter over, chapter six, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings and discontent. So the more they grew, the more they complained. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. How did they had to have a meeting over food being distributed? They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brother, select seven men in, uh, who are well-respected and full of the spirit of wisdom. 
We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word of God. So they chose seven men, and as a result, the word of God increased rapidly. But the point I want to show you is that in the church, you're going to have people who lie, and you're going to have rumblings, complaining, and discontent. We don't throw them away. We work with them. Right? Just like we don't throw our spouse away, we don't throw our children away, right? I remember one time when I was a kid, I was caught red-handed, right? I knew my mother saw me. I'm in the backyard doing something I don't have any business doing. How many of you know I came right in that house and said, that wasn't me. I don't know who you saw back there, but I wasn't in the backyard. How many of you know your kids can look you, you can say this to your kids. Now, you know if I'm asking you this question, I already know the answer. Did you do X, Y, Z? No. No. You mean you can look me straight in the eye? No. Now, you know I wouldn't be asking you this question if I didn't already know the answer to the question. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Watch this. How many know we can be just like our children? So just like God cuts us some slack, we need to cut each other some slack. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. I don't stop going to the connect group. I don't stop serving on the dream team because I couldn't have my way. Because they didn't choose me to lead. I'm not coming anymore. Come on, folks, we got to be bigger than this. The reality is I don't have to pastor the church. George can pastor the church. Johnny can. I don't care nothing about that. I just care about winning. I could be an usher. I could be over. I could do a lot of stuff. This doesn't mean anything to me. I just want to win at the end of the day. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? I got to speed up on my time. Let her see there. How many know Peter, who was the leader of the group, was also a racist? So in Acts chapter 10, his racism had to be revealed. God had to show him three times in a dream, right? Peter said, I have never touched anything unclean. I've never eaten with anyone that's unclean. Translation, I don't deal with people outside of my race. How many know that's in the church too? 10 o'clock this morning, you'll see the most segregated hour ever in the history of the church. When in reality is, folks, all this is is dirt. And what should unite us is the word of God. Come here for a minute, Bill. Bill is my brother, man. We ride bikes together. Man, I'm getting ready to get me an adventure bike. This is my brother, man. Come on up here for a minute, Bill. This is my brother from another mother right here. This is my man right here. Man. Man, listen, listen. Boy, listen to me. We ride bikes together. I'm going to get me an adventure bike because he likes riding off-road. So I'm going to get me an adventure bike so we can ride together off-roads, hills, trails. But this is my man right here. This is my man, Bill. Love you too. 
our skin color should not have anything to do with whether or not we can ride together, eat together, serve together. Come on, somebody. Do life together. Come on, I need a little better amen in that in this place. Shouldn't have nothing to do with that. This man is a born-again believer, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and that with a mighty burning fire. That's all that I need to fellowship with this man. Thank you, Bill. Let me, tell, let me show you how good of a man he is. When Linked Up Church started, we didn't have a sound guy. I knew Bill from back in the day. I called Bill. Me and Bill went to lunch. And over lunch, we talked about it. Bill looked at me and said, I'll help you. What if Bill would have said, I don't help black people. I don't serve in black churches. I don't want to be only one of a few white people at a black church. How many of those? More white people won't come until more white people come. More Hispanic people. Come on, somebody. We are poor. We all need each other. But guess what? That's, gonna, that's going to be messy because our cultures are different. We don't all do stuff the same way. But we need to be willing to learn from each other. We need to change our music so our music fits all cultures and not just one. We need to, but they have to help us because we don't know. Everything for us would be boom, 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 boom. I mean, we need diversity. Everything can't be. That's about how, as much as I moved when I danced anyway. I don't care how fast that song was going. I, Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I, no sweat rings. That was a rule, no sweating. Last one for today, folks. Paul and Barnabas will close right here. You all still glad you came to church today? Online, I want you to know I love you. Keep praying for me. Just type in right now. We're praying for you, Pastor. I'm praying for you. Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas. Watch this now. Acts chapter 15, 36 through 41. New Living Translation says, After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly. I ain't fooling with no John Mark. Since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Now, guess what? I got a lot of Paul in me. I mean, we all got a lot of Paul in us, right? When somebody don't show up, I have a lot of, or leave. 
I got to grow. Anybody else need to grow? Right? Just leave. I'm like, bye. Thank God Barnabas was not like Paul. I actually got a lot of Barnabas in me too. I just got more Paul in me than I do Barnabas. Barnabas agreed, right, and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated Barnabas that they separated, Barnabas took John Mark, so their disagreement between Paul and Barnabas was so sharp that they just had to go their separate ways. Barnabas took John Mark with him. How many of you know every John Mark needs a Barnabas in their life? Someone that'll say, hey, I know you messed up and you deserted us and you left us, but how can I help you get back where I know you're supposed to be? everybody was like Paul, then no one would ever be recovered. Here's the reality, folks. I needed other people just to get where I am today. I mean, you know, I haven't always been on top. Sometimes I've been down in the dumps, and other people came along and say, hey, the call is still on your life. God is still with you. Keep going forward. Where would I be without the Apostle Prices and the Bishop George Davises of the world? I can remember one time I'm in the dumps uh, in or out in Washington, D.C. I'm out there with my family. There's been a separation. My phone rings, and my best friend, George Davis, is on the other line. What can I do to help you? I won't let you lose a penny. How much is your salary? I will pick you up today. How many of you know we all need people like that in our lives? Come on, somebody. Say, how many of you know we all need people like that in our lives? Another time, a separation is created. Somebody that I was their youth pastor, he calls around to find out what my salary was. Never called me. Check on my front porch for a whole year's salary. Then he calls me and he says, I just want you to focus on what God called you to do and not worry about how you're going to take care of your family. I've seen the call of God on your life. Don't stop doing what God called you to do because of what other people have, the choices other people have made. Folks, if I don't have someone there to pick me up, if there's not these Barnabas people in my life, probably not here today. So Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches there. Now, let me show you something, folks. This is what we never give people credit for, and I've got to close. Even though people mess up, they can also grow and learn from their mess up. The problem with us as a church is we always want to see the people, see people the way they were and not what they've grown into and become. See, we want to deal with them five years ago instead of who they've grown and become today. Let me show you something here. Something changed, something happened. Look at 2 Timothy 4, 9 through 11. The New Living Translation says, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Studying this again, just bless me. Demas has departed me. See, Pastor George, this is something that comes along with church. People leave. 
People depart. It doesn't change what he called you to do. You got to keep going forward even though people depart. And sometimes these are people who call you dad and, and I'll take a bullet for you. And, and I'll lay down all kind of, I've heard all kind of stuff over the years. I've learned to not even listen anymore. Just watch what people do. So Demas has departed me because he loves the things of this life. He went back out into the world and has gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Damathia. Only Luke is with me. And notice what Paul says here. Bring Mark with you when you come for he'll be helpful to me in the ministry. So Paul gave him an opportunity to grow and change. Barnabas obviously mentored and developed and helped pick Mark back up and get him back where he was supposed to be. Other translations say Paul said, bring Mark to me for he is profitable to me in the ministry. He went from not wanting anything to do with him to saying, bring him to me because he's profitable to me. Folks, we've got to give people an opportunity to go from failure back to success. Watch this now. And be willing to help them get there. Connect groups, folks, can be messy. But we don't throw each other away because they get messy. I got news for you. You will get hurt. I actually think now, as I've matured, this is a part of God's plan for the church. Listen very carefully how I say this. Though he does not excuse the one who causes the pain, watch this, he wants us to learn how to forgive others and to show grace. The same way he's forgiven us and shown grace to us. Can you all see that now? See, a lot of people want to develop in love, but they don't want to be hurt to grow in it. A lot of people want to develop in forgiveness, but they don't want to be wronged in order to learn how to grow in forgiveness. The reality is you can't grow in these principles without other people. This is where it takes true grit, a staunch stomach, and a true test of faith. We need to learn, folks, as a body of believers, how to stick things out. When you've done these steps, you have then found your spiritual family. When you can go through the mess and say, this is still my family, you found your family. Come on, when you can see people at their worst, see their dirty underwear, come on, somebody, all of the mess that comes along with people and you can still stick it out, you have found your spiritual family. The reality is, I know you all think we're perfect, but we're not. We have dirty underwear and mess just like everybody else in this room. We have families just like everyone else in this room. I know you all think our family is perfect, but it is far from it. Our family sees us the way we really are. You all just see us on Sundays. And folks, we've got to learn how to see each other the way we really are so that we can help each other be what we really want to be. 
because we can't do it without each other. Did you all get anything out of this today? So life together has wonderful times of encouragement and joy, but also bruises and frustration. We stick it out because we love Jesus and we love each other. If we're going to be a we church, then we prioritize God's word and we do life together. Think about what Jesus said was the greatest commandment of all. He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. That is the word of God. Then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. We love God. We love people. We can win if we prioritize the word and we prioritize each other. Let's all stand to our feet. And as we're standing to our feet, let's just lift our hands up towards heaven. I want to pray over everyone watching online and everyone in the room today. The other night, the Lord told me to go downstairs and get my first Bible that was ever given to me. Thank you, Tanique Jemison, if you're watching. And someone engraved on this Bible, Pastor Joel Gregory. I was 22 years old. I don't know who did that. It's 22 years old. She probably did. I'm just giving my life to Christ, and somebody put on this Bible, Pastor Joel Gregory. I tore this Bible up. I studied this Bible from front to end. I had put in parentheses Acts 2, 42 through 47 as a 22-year-old young man. And I wrote at the top of it. I came back up, showed, and told my wife. And I wrote at the top of it how to build a church at the age of 22. I really believe what God is doing is circling back around now and holding me accountable for what he originally told me to do. Folks, we've got to become more than just a group of people who come to a building on Sunday morning. There's so much more to this than just that. Let's lift our hands. Father, I pray for every person watching online, every person in this room today, that you would give them a heart starting today to be devoted to the word of God, that they do their devotions, they spend time with you every single day in the word of God. But also, Father, I'm asking you to drop into their spirit and their hearts today a greater desire to fellowship with other believers, to be a part of connect groups, to join a dream team, to do more than just come to church on Sunday morning and have nothing to do with the temple, nothing to do with the people for the rest of the week until they come back again on next Sunday. Father, may you infuse that into their hearts right now. And may we all not just be hearers of it, but may we act on it by practicing it in our daily lives. This is my prayer for your body today in Jesus' name. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ 
is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God, we are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkeduppchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkeduppchurch.com or text Get Connected to 833 833- 988-2009. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.